0: Chapter six The Message of Peace The ancient Via Flaminia carried us along the picturesque hills and valleys of the Umbria region, passing through towns such as Aquasparta, Massa Martana, and Bivania. We were welcomed into every church and monastery where we called, and gratefully accepted whatever was offered, from wooden tables and unheated halls to warm beds with blistering showers all now formed part of the way of peace. Although I was becoming more comfortable in asking for help, I still battled the feeling that I was taking something I didn't need from people who I sensed assumed we were devout Catholics. We are pilgrims walking for peace, Alberto reminded me more than once. We share the same intentions as the Church does, peace, love, brotherhood. We both believe in a loving higher intelligence. I see no conflict there. I so wished I could see it that way. In Massa Martana, full Franciscan hospitality was on display. In addition to private rooms, we were also invited to dinner with the monks. It was our first hot meal in days and I relished it. The conversation flowed as easily as the food and wine and I felt my usual reservations melting under their caring attention and enthusiasm for our pilgrimage. Still, I held back, not knowing how they would receive my open spirituality and not wanting to lie or offend them. Alberto, however, seemed to have no such reservations, and passionately discussed his spiritual beliefs. I listened with interest and learned a great deal, but rarely participated. At one point, Alberto asked about a cross hanging on the wall depicting a hand-painted figure of Jesus, surrounded by many drawings that filled up the cross. The style reminded me of the icon paintings of my own Greek Orthodox Church. Oh, that's the cross of Saint Damien, one of the monks replied. While praying to it, Saint Francis received his mission from God to rebuild the church. At first, he thought it was to rebuild the chapel of St. Damian, but later understood that it meant to rebuild the Catholic Church of that time. It influenced him greatly, but the Tao is the cross of St. Francis. I love that painted cross, Alberto said. It's the only one I've seen that doesn't show Jesus suffering or dead. He has his arms wide open to the world, embracing it. I think there's been too much focus on his suffering and not enough on his message, a message that he preached and lived. Yes, he died for it, but I believe he wants us to remember him for his life, not for his death, and certainly not to spend our lives feeling guilty or unworthy because of what was done to him. He was a courageous man, a revolutionary even, not a poor victim. I stared at Alberto in horror. I had never heard him express his Christian views. I didn't even know he had any, since all our discussions usually centered on the spiritual or the mystical. We had never delved into religion, and I assumed that he had discarded his Catholic teachings. I didn't have any formal religious training, but I didn't need any to understand that what he was saying was controversial. In the silence that followed, I braced myself for the rebuke that I was certain was coming. To my surprise, most around the table were smiling. You sound a great deal like St. Francis, the superior who was the monk in charge, said approvingly. He too had many views that shook the foundations of the church of his time. He understood that love, not man-made laws, was Jesus' greatest teaching. The conversation continued well into the night leaving me with much to consider. Although I respected all religious views, I wanted to keep religion far from my walk for peace, fearing that any mention of the word God or Jesus would marginalize us and jeopardize the message I was still formulating. I didn't want to be labeled a religious zealot and hoped that Alberto felt the same way. Alberto and I relaxed into a comfortable routine after an unhurried breakfast. We began walking at around eight thirty in the morning. We took several short breaks and stopped before dark. I walked in front so that I could see the road ahead. We decided our route together, but I carried the map, feeling a certain security in having it with me and Even though we spoke Italian equally poorly, I led our conversation with the priests feeling greater confidence in my ability to express myself than in Alberto's, who to me appeared timid. We also reasoned that a woman asking for help would be more likely to receive it than a man. On the recommendation of Father Bernardino, we stopped at the Hotel Monastery in Santa Maria dell'Angeli, on the doorsteps of Assisi. We were treated as honored guests and given an apartment with two bedrooms and an eat-in kitchen. After a long hot shower and a pasta dinner that we jointly prepared, Alberto and I sat at the table, updating our diaries. So what do you think about carrying a sign for peace? Alberto asked. We had spoken about carrying such a sign from the day we met. And had even bought bright yellow stick-on paper in Rieti to cut out the letters. I wanted to, but hesitated. Partly it was the emotions of the first few days with Alberto, but perhaps more honestly, the fear of announcing to the world my beliefs about a piece I was still trying to figure out. Meeting Father Bernardino helped me realize that it was time. Alberto enthused we are messengers of peace. Every day, hundreds of people see us walking along the side of the road. Just imagine how they can be inspired. Plus, tomorrow, we are walking into Assisi, the city of peace. I agree that the timing is good, I replied, but I don't want to tell people we're, we're messengers. It sounds presumptuous. I mean, who are we? I only know that I want my message to be simple and direct, something that people can connect with. I'm walking to Jerusalem for peace. That's my contribution, but each person can do whatever they feel for peace. I want people to realize that they have the power to change their world, that they don't have to do big things or even wait for others to do it for them. Any act that comes from their heart creates peace. It begins within. I agree, Alberto said. Outer peace is the natural outcome of inner peace. One thought of peace or act of kindness produces a ripple effect, like dropping a stone in water. I'm walking for peace, not in Jerusalem, but in the world, both inner and outer. To me, peace is only a consequence of something much bigger. Love. It's when you have love that you will have lasting peace. In truth, we are walking for love. There is no way I'm going out there with a sign saying that I'm walking for love. I retorted firmly, maybe we should put flowers on our hair too. No, this is already hard enough with the word peace. I know, Alberto teased, I'm not ready to carry that message either, especially with flowers on my hair. Good, I joked, because I was prepared to leave you right here. After a pause, I added more seriously, I want my sign to say that I'm walking to Jerusalem for peace. I want mine to say that I'm walking for peace, nothing more, Alberto responded. Agreed, we said and shook hands. Alberto now began the painstaking process of drawing each letter on the yellow paper and cutting it out. He peeled off the paper backing and stuck each letter accordingly onto the plastic rain protectors that covered our backpacks. Two hours later, Alberto stepped back and proudly examined his work. In large, impossible to miss letters, my sign said, Camminando verso Gerusalemme per la pace. While his said, Caminando per la pace. How do you feel? Alberto asked. Nervous, I replied. They're pretty big letters. It's one thing to talk about peace and quite another to be a walking billboard. All we need to do is walk, he assured me. We can always take the signs off. I was opening myself up to the world and didn't know how I was going to handle criticism. I usually handled it poorly, but hoped that for this way of peace, I would do so with tolerance, patience, and above all, the peace I was proclaiming.